Hi, everybody. This is Alex Romanovich, and welcome to Global Edge Talk. Here we are again with COVID Convo with Dr. Wendy, Wendy Tong. And today is June 26, 2020, and today we're going to talk about H-1B and H-2B visas and the recent proclamation that was uh, put in place by the U.S. government uh, basically stopping the um, inflow of the H-1B visas. But one of the most important things we'll talk about is the healthcare workers. Um, welcome, first of all, Dr. Wendy. Thanks for having me again. So this is quite a, a difficult situation for us. We're in the midst of this pandemic. Uh, as of June 26th, right now I looked at the numbers, Florida numbers are absolutely incredible. They're even worse than we had in New York. 9,000 active cases today alone. Texas is doing extremely badly. California doing very badly. Arizona doing very badly. The second wave is back, uh, or in some cases, it's the continuation of the first wave. But the impact on the uh, healthcare um, industry is tremendous. And now we cannot bring in H-1B visa healthcare workers. What's up with that? Yeah, you know, this. Uh, the U.S. Uh, government released a proclamation a few days ago, and, you know, I think in it, it, it's packaged as being, quote, you know, tar uh, uh, implemented for aliens who present a risk to the U.S. labor market following the coronavirus, end quote. However, um, I think even before COVID hit us, uh, the U.S. has been experiencing a long-time shortage of healthcare workers, especially in the more highly specialized professions of physicians and nursing staff. Um, so what's up is that this is really a tragedy, and um, the U.S. has really shot ourselves in the foot if we um, deny the source of highly specialized, highly skilled, and greatly sought after after um, set of uh, healthcare professionals. Um, just to give you an idea, um, so one in four physicians are from overseas. And um, the U.S. actually issues over 4,000 J-1 visas to foreign physicians every year. So if you can imagine, if we stopped this supply of healthcare workers into the U.S. and as we're facing, you know, this surge in um, sick people and the needs for healthcare workers. It, it's just really a travesty and a tragedy um, to see this occurring. So not only the Trump administration is trying to um, end the Obamacare on the healthcare side, we're now also doing this with the H-1Bs and J-Visas and so Isn't there an exemption out there for, for the healthcare workers? You know, there's an exemption to healthcare workers, but if you read the fine print in the proclamation, um, let me just read it directly to you. It says, um, the exceptions are for those who are providing medical care to individuals who have contracted COVID-19 
and are currently hospitalized. So, you know, um, those criteria of patients um, is actually a very small population of our overall needs in the U.S. for healthcare workers. So, um, there's a there is an exception, but if you read it, it's very it still doesn't really make an impact on you know the numbers that we need um, of healthcare workers that we bring in from overseas. So it's not really relevant. I, I see this, unfortunately, as a little bit of political posturing before the elections where we're protecting American jobs. And yes, there's an exception, but when you read it, it, it the exception really um, doesn't mean very much. Well, you know, obviously our, you know, in the Republic, our individual states have the ability to control those things individually. So doesn't, don't the states have the ability to control that themselves? They do, but it's very limited. It's usually when it pertains to um, licensing, the medical boards are controlled by the states. Um, and so it really, again, is limited in impact. Um, the foreign healthcare professional has to first um, get into the country in order for those state level um, licensing waivers and requirements to really take into effect. And um, I don't know, you know, whether it's we're, we're coming upon an election year or what. But of all the states, only one state has actually exercised the right to waive certain licensing requirements for foreign physicians to practice. And that is uh, New York with Andrew Cuomo. And um, in that situation, um, they're allowing, they're loosening up on those licensing requirements so that foreign physicians can, you know, participate in the COVID response. Uh, But no other state has taken those actions. Well, it's it's a it's a travesty. Obviously, it's a, it's incredible that uh, we have we're in this uh, situation where we cannot fulfill the need for the healthcare workers. What is your prediction? What, what's going to happen? I mean, with all the surges that that are related to COVID, plus all of the existing cases, uh, plus you know the second wave, potentially third wave that's coming to us. Uh, what's going to happen? this year or even next year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, lives are going to be lost for sure you know, because people are not going to have as much access to the appropriate medical care that they need. And um, this is going to happen throughout the nation. Um, not just in the hard-hit areas that you mentioned. And uh, the access includes not only, you know, getting the care, but also the quality of the care is going to be impacted. As there are fewer physicians and nurses, what you're going to see is that um, the patients aren't going to go away, but they're going to be shunted to lower levels of care. So say, for example, you have a patient who's in the intensive care unit, and there aren't enough resources, be it ventilators, but, you know, in this case, we're talking about, you know, physicians and nursing and, um, you know, that's highly specialized in the intensive care unit. Um, Whereas in the past, we might have said this patient definitely belongs in the intensive care unit, but if we're limited by any of those resources, then we're going to say, oh, you know, why don't we just take care of this patient in the medical ward uh, unit? And then, but then as this 
this kind of shunting to a lower level of care occurs, those patients who are in the medical ward may be shunted down to, oh, a rehab center or a nursing facility. And then those people who were in the nursing homes and the rehab centers would be shunted and be discharged to their homes earlier. So it's kind of a chain reaction. And that's what I predict will be happening. You know, at any point there's a shortage and a resource, either you have to, the market has to increase the supply of resources to meet that demand, or there's going to be some sort of shunting around or um, a search for substitutes or replacements for um, that resource that's in shortage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now let's talk a little bit about you and your company, Wendy's team. You're in the elder care business, and obviously, you you feeling the impact of COVID uh, and, and the and the flow that's coming from the nursing home facilities and the uh, assisted living facilities. What do you think is going to happen with the shortage of healthcare um, uh, professionals uh, and that impact that it's going to have on nursing homes and assisted living. Yeah. So we've already seen, um, as, um, for us in Colorado, we've hit our peak and we're kind of plateaued. Um, we're seeing um, a lot of people uh, who are not um, seeking services themselves in nursing homes or assisted living or rehab and opting to stay at home. A lot of this is the you know, bad press that we hear about you know, uh, with COVID-19 cases running rampant in nursing homes. But um, what I've also seen is that a lot of nursing homes are really severely short on staffing. We, we talked about that in a, a prior COVID convo. And so they can't even, um, some of it's the shelter in place and the quarantine measures that they can't take on new residents in their communities. Um, but uh, even if they were, they're very short staffed. Um, and so really, as I said, um, these patients uh, who would normally be in a nursing home or or receiving care in a rehab center are being shunted to their homes. And um, now we really have to be very creative about finding ways um, for us to um, provide care in the home setting. And um, what we're doing in my company is that um, my, my team members, I'm actually conducting a series of uh, in-house training so that their skills and their capabilities are actually uh, augmented, increased. Um, for example, we're doing dedicated training for uh, hospice-level patients um, who are confined to the bed or are facing end of life and they need more care than you know, what our resources are able to provide and either through their own choice or the way the uh, situation is, uh, they really uh, can't go into a nursing home or a rehab center and uh, they are remaining in their homes. Um, it takes a lot of uh, just kind of creativity as to, you know, what this means in terms of extending our caregivers' um, abilities or capabilities um, and knowing that we're all in this together. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, those patients, uh, those clients still need care and how to meet that as best as we can with limited resources. You know, hopefully um, after the presidential election, maybe the political climate is such that uh, these immigration policies that just got um, 
released are reversed or somehow changed. I certainly hope so as well. Uh, again, we, we don't really want to discuss politics here, but but it seems like the decisions that are being made right now in the midst of our most horrible pandemic that this country has ever seen, um, only compared to the 1918 pandemic, only to be compared, um, it seems like the, uh, the this is not a good timing for, for this type of political maneuvering and so forth. Uh, also, I understand that during COVID, and you've seen quite a bit of an uptick in, in activity on, um, on Wendy's team uh, roster. So uh, is that true? Are you seeing a... a- yeah, we're, we're seeing quite a surge in demand, um, you know, compared to our pre-COVID baseline, um, our sales revenue, just reflection of, of the demand, uh, we're actually about 50% um, over our pre-COVID baseline in terms of um, clients requesting help. We're seeing that not just um, you know, res- uh, clients in, out in the community are requesting help, but we're actually partnering with a number of senior living communities, independent living communities, assisted living, to provide them with backup staffing. And these uh, demands keep on increasing um, because there's such a shortage of healthcare resources and especially among staffing. Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for uh, for participating and weighing on the, the very important topic. Uh, let's continue our discussion. Certainly, we're not getting any better in this country. We're getting worse, if anything. So it's going to be very interesting and trying times for us uh, going forward. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me.